You're listening to an Airwave Media Podcast. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Want to learn how you can make smarter decisions with your money? Well, I've got the podcast for you. I'm Sean Piles, and I host NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. Our show features our team of nerds, personal finance experts in credit cards, banking, investing, and more. And they'll help you make the most of your money while cutting through the clutter and misinformation in today's world of personal finance. You'll get clarity on strategies to help you build your wealth, invest wisely, shop for financial products, and plan for major life events. Listen to NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast wherever you get your podcasts. Recorded in Chicago, Illinois, with your hosts, Ken, Matt, Neil, and Jeff, this is Triviality. Hello and welcome to Triviality, the game where a lack of seriousness meets a little bit of knowledge. That was a weird emphasis. It was an emphasis. Uh, I tried to change it up a little bit. Uh, I'm here with Kenneth, Jeffrey, and Matthew. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> hello it's a very formal episode of triviality yes, hello. hello especially when you know we immediately followed that on the heels of lack of seriousness but that's right uh so we're all here what in the studio we're all here. wink wink we're all here in the studio uh how's everyone doing good good yeah. smells in the studio yeah. it smells well, okay it's not too no, bad okay. if anybody needs to know neil's apartment always smells wonderfully of candles and coffee oh Thank you. Well, half of that is Colleen. The coffee is definitely my fault. Uh, but I the miss candles the jar are of Colleen. candy the most, actually. It, Neil's apartment smells like a like an upscale cafe. Oh, thank you. And then if you if you take too long with with where you're sitting and you're drinking your drink, I scold you in French. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> that's exactly what it is. Um, and then one time he scalded me in English. He scalded you. <laughs> I just poured hot coffee on you. <laughs> Get up, you bum. And I told you, hey, put, put English. Put the balm cream on. Um, <laughs> But uh, yeah, it's uh, it's a great day today. Uh, it's raining here. Not that it matters to anyone listening, but it's pouring outside. So we're trying to slightly. We're trying to stay dry. Um, but um, we're having a good time in the studio, and we know we're going to have an even better time because we have two wonderful guests joining us today. Um, I want to get into the story of how we met um, uh, myself, but I think it'd be much better coming from them. I think it's a, a fun, cool story. Uh, but we'd love to introduce them coming to us from the south of Boston, Oakland Five uh, Patreon supporters, which we appreciate, Sarah and Laura Williams. How are you today? Hi. Hi, guys. We're great. Happy to be here. Glad to have you. Uh, so give us a little background about uh, you know yourselves, what you're up to, and then um, maybe that fun little story about um, when you first reached out. Yeah, uh, I'm a librarian, and I reached out to Neil um, because when he wrote his book, I was like, I have to get his book and Patrick Swayze into our library. So um, I ordered the book, and once it arrived, I took a picture of it. I put it on our new biography shelf and sent it off to Neil with a nice little message, and he was very kind and wrote a very kind message back. And we've been communicating, and he asked if we wanted to be on the show um, and so I kind of wrangled my wife, Sarah, into coming to host with me. Awesome. Awesome. And, uh, Sarah, what about you? Yeah, I, um, I'm a trained special ed teacher and reading specialist. I left the public school system to open my own tutoring business. Uh, I specialize in kids with reading disabilities and I'm super happy with where things are right now. Congrats. That's, That's great. awesome. And, and what's the name of your company? It's called Fortitude Learning Center. Fortitude Learning Center. Wonderful. Well, uh, if you're in the uh, South Boston, Massachusetts area, make make sure to check that out. Um, And uh, today, I know you brought us a game we're excited to play, uh, and it's just the four of us, so it's going to be a classic two-on-two. So what do we want to do for teams? Me and Jeff were just humming the song uh, Spoon Man by uh, Soundgarden. Mm -hmm. So we're going to be Team Spoon Man. I love it. We're coming together with our hands, right? (laughs) Yeah, if anyone doesn't know when we're recording, they're always holding holding hands over here all the time. Uh, Matt, they're going to be Spoon Man. Away. Uh, I don't know how you feel about this, Matt, but I'm a huge uh, Great British Bake Off fan. I forget if you've watched it or if you've 
sampled it or whatever. But uh, Noel Fielding, one of the presenters, one of the hosts, um, always carries around Mr. Spatula and, and has the contestants kiss Mr. Spatula. And uh, the last two winners have kissed Mr. Spatula when the others have not. So I thought maybe for good luck, that's what we could be. We could be kissing Mr. Spatula. I, oh, I, I do like adding the kissing. So yeah, let's be kissing Mr. Spatula. <laughs> Uh, so those are our... Com. I don't know what the hell you're saying. <laughs> so, someone will get it out there, I hope. So are we doing a wager? Yeah, I think we should do a wager. Um, so I, I said the loser should get bashed with a hammer, but you guys didn't like that idea, so... <laughs> we think that's mildly problematic. Okay, so what are we doing? Costumes? Um, Funny costumes for Halloween? Yeah, Sarah and Laura were saying uh, they liked this idea. Maybe uh, maybe not even necessarily for Halloween, but for the Halloween season, the loser or the winners get to choose... A costume for the losers to wear and to take a few pictures that we'll post on uh, okay. the crop and whatnot. That sounds good. Yeah. All right. Let's get the rules. And you guys said you preferred it in Dutch. So Always Dutch when it's an option. Let's hear uh, Willem. De regels van het spel zijn simpel. 20 vragen verdeeld over twee rondes, waarbij elke vraag 10 punten waard is. Halverwege is er een speciale swingronde, ontworpen door de host van deze week. Na deze rondes beginnen de spelers aan de finale, met de punten die ze hebben verdiend. En hebben ze de mogelijkheid om 0 tot 30 punten in te zetten op 5 gecategoriseerde vragen. Aan het eind van het spel wordt iemand benoemd tot the cream of the crop. I'm talking about all the way to the top. Yeah. Thank you, Willem. Oh, that was sorry. great. Uh, so, uh, yeah, Sarah and Laura. <laughs> is that your new catchphrase, Matt? <laughs> that's, that's my Let's catchphrase. Let's rock it. Yeah. Let's it. rock it. Let's rock it is the, the guy, one of the new uh, catchphrases. And Sarah and Laura, um, we're giving you uh, the tools. You're in the middle of the desert. There's some uh, fossils underground. Let's dig. Uh, <laughs> horrible. <laughs> So we will start today's game with round one, question one, in America the Beautiful. If you ever have the good fortune of driving along what is known as the 17-mile drive in Pebble Beach, California, be sure to pull over to look at this specific tree that is thought to be one of the most photographed trees in North America. The tree is officially dubbed as the Lone Blank whereas the lone refers to its solo location on a rocky cliff and the blank refers to what species of tree. All right, so Jeff started writing uh, General Sherman right away on this paper, and I was nodding my head until that last part. Uh, so we picked a tree, famous for ca in uh, California, and we're in. All right, Matt, you lived in California. Can you, can you dig it? Uh, I, oh, you, can you dig it? Yes, we can dig it. There's a lot of roots there. I don't know. It's a big tree. Um, yeah, I lived in California, but I, uh, I don't know. Tree guy. I don't, I don't know. There was palm trees. Could this be a lone palm tree? Uh, maybe. Hanging I, on a rocky cliff? Uh, Probably not. Maybe. I guess that's true. Um, I, I was just thinking of uh, the, aren't the redwoods huge in California? Isn't that what well, General Sherman is? A redwood? General huge. Sherman is, he is an officer, right? And he's also a, a gentleman. Redwood. And a gentleman. I don't know. I've could it, could it be the lone redwood? Maybe the lone pine? I've, I've seen that before. Or do you want to go lone palm tree? I'm good. One of those three. <laughs> one of those trees? Yeah, red, redwood sounds One fine. of those tree? One of those tree. Uh, yeah, we'll go We'll go with the lone redwood. Uh, yeah. We were thinking pine redwood and uh, Jeff wrote sequoia, which is the same as a redwood, I believe. Uh, we went with sequoia. Great guesses. The answer is actually the lone cypress. Mm. Um, more specifically, it's a Monterey cypress because of the Monterey Peninsula. Um, but Sarah and I were lucky enough to see it on our honeymoon. Now, is that the Cypress Hill? It is not Cypress Hill. Oh, um, Cypress Cliff Face. Yes. <laughs> All right. Right. So if you cut open that tree, it, you will be you will find something that is insane in the membrane of the mm -hmm. tree. Oh, okay. I don't like that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Question two. In I guess that's why they call it the blues. In the year 2000, Crayola conducted a poll known as the color census to find out America's top 10 favorite colors. The very favorite color was blue and the six other blue colors of cerulean, midnight blue, aquamarine, periwinkle, denim, and blizzard blue were all included in the top 10. The other colors rounding out the list included Purple Heart, Caribbean Green, and this color, which the Cambridge Dictionary defines as a dark reddish pink color. Hint, 
in the crayon box, it always looks like it will be red, but when you go to draw with it, it's more of a deep and vibrant magenta. All right, we were like writing Tickled Me Pink, and again, we, we stopped and changed gears, and we locked in with uh, Alkaline Trio's favorite crayon, Crimson. Oh. When was the last time you cracked open a crayon box, Matt? Um, very recently. Uh, there are children in the household, so I am now familiar with crayons. But not uh, this one. What this do you think? Not this one? This crayon was missing. All 63 were in there. This one was missing. So here's a little uh, factoid. I can never remember what color exactly magenta is. So it's like a, it's like a pink, like a dark pink. Dark pink. Okay. Yeah. So this isn't like a burnt orange or anything like that. I don't believe that the red and pink crayon is orange. <laughs> <laughs> but it could be. I don't know. It's burnt. Maybe is it possibly a uh, fuchsia or Ooh, um, fuchsia? I like that. I don't know what I color like that, that is, too. but I like the that sound of it. Nice. It's also a, a town in Pokemon. So I think that fuchsia is what we're going to go with. All right. No points here. The correct color is Cerise, which I had never heard of, but Laura said it always fooled her as a child. She'd pull it out and it was never the color For that she For good reason, wanted. it sounds like. Yeah. Yeah. That was a stumper. I have a bright pink <laughs> outfit instead of something red. All right, moving on to question three. In what a wonderful world. I wanted to do a shout out to the Australian listeners that I know you have. The largest coral reef system in the world, known as the Great Barrier Reef, is, geo is geographically located off the eastern shore of this Australian state, whose mainland is home to its capital, Brisbane, as well as the beautiful sunny beaches of the Gold and Sunshine Coast. And we're asking to name that state. Ken and I will go ahead and lock in. Neil, where's Brisbane? Brisbane, uh, if I'm correct, is the capital of Queensland. Wow. So I, I think that should be our answer. I'm almost I'm almost positive. If I get it wrong, the Australian listeners can chew me out. It's nice that we uh, each have one of the Australia fans on our teams, Matt. Uh, and mm -hmm. Jeff wrote down Queensland. And that is the correct answer, Queensland. Shout out to Australia. Yay. <laughs> All right, question four in Baby on Board. Featured on episode one of season five of The Simpsons, titled Homer's Barbershop Quartet. Locked in. <laughs> what is the name of the band Homer is in when they release their hit single, Baby on Board? Mm -hmm. Should, Should we sing fun? it since there's four of us? Please do. Yeah. Uh, B sharps. The B sharps. That is correct. Great job. Same like last question. I was glad there was one Simpsons. What well, you, you all <laughs> like Simpsons? I I don't know anything about it. But when when they said question or uh, uh, in episode one, I was like, oh no, they're going back to trivialities. Episode one, I have no idea. <laughs> How dare you? Two pirate to Caribbean is a classic. Oh yes, yes. <laughs> Great name. In question five. Sports ball adjacent. In November 2003, soccer star Mia Hamm married what Boston Red Sox shortstop, who is famously known for tapping his wrist guards before taking a swing at the plate? Matt is doing the, the signaling right now. Yeah. So you guys. He actually was traded to the Cubs in 2004. Hmm. Matt, is that? Uh, I don't want to say anything. I'll wait till they lock in because I had something funny. But I'm you sure we'll let, do it. You could let uh, Jimmy Fallon say it if you want. Okay, that's that's what I was going for. Okay. <laughs> Noma. Noma, Noma Gassiopara. Noma. All right, we're in. And that's full points. That, Noma yeah. So you guys said too, Matt. Yeah, a hundred percent. Noma. I love when he was traded to the Cubs because I feel like every fan in the stand uh, the stadium when I was there for a game they just loved yelling uh, Noma. Especially by the sixth and seventh innings when they cut off drinks. That's when it was at its peak, I believe. <laughs> All right. Question six in something in the way she moves makes her wonderful tonight. Oh, wait, uh, real quick. Do we want to do a score? Well, we were on such a roll. I oh, just yeah. thought we should keep on going. Oh. Yeah, we were on a roll here. Uh, after five questions, both teams uh, picking up 30 points, which were actually questions three, four, and five in a row. So we're, we're on a very good roll right now. All right. Let's try to keep it up. Question six, in Something in the Way She Moves makes her wonderful tonight. This real-life model and muse served as the inspiration for Layla, one of the most iconic rock songs to ever exist. 
Although this song was released by Derek and the Dominoes in 1970 on their album Layla and Other Assorted Love Songs, and she was married to George Harrison at the time of its release, this woman would end up divorcing Harrison in 1977 and later married Derek and the Dominoes frontman, Eric Clapton, in 1979. Who is this model and muse? What the hell? I do not remember her name. Yeah, I don't remember the name either. I remember all the those facts, but not the name. So, Taparu Posh. Yeah, we're gonna go with uh, Posh Spice. So, okay, so you want Victoria Beckham? Yeah, we we got no. No, idea. we went with Posh Spice. Just Posh Spice. <laughs> Do you know this story, Matt? I I'd never heard of this before. I didn't know Layla was a real person, or at least inspired a song. Um, I only was know... it Layla Garcia Para. <laughs> <laughs> No, I, I, I don't know. Uh, I mean, was, I, keep, uh, I keep thinking, you know, famous British uh, models. Not even, no one even said that they're British. I don't think. But Noel Gallagher. Well, could be. Uh, I was gonna say Twiggy, but I don't think Twiggy was ever married to Eric Clapton or George Harrison. So, um, all, all I know about the song is the guitar riff that is played at Guitar Center, probably still to this day, repeatedly. Um, but I don't know. Let's find out. Who is it? All right. We'll say Twiggy. It looks like we stumped you. Uh, her name is Patty Boyd. Oh, okay. Imagine having the, uh, I'll put courage in quotes here, courage to court openly another famous celebrity's wife. And it actually worked. <laughs> Happens a lot. Happens a lot. In question seven in teaching and learning. Although it can co-occur with dyslexia, but not necessarily, this term is the word used as a broad definition for a learning disability that affects writing abilities. Under this umbrella term, students with this disability may have difficulties with spelling, handwriting, and or recording their thoughts down on paper. All right. Yeah, uh, we don't know this one at all. Can't think of a reasonable guess, really. So we're going to tap on this. We have no idea, so we're going to say um, it is um, cognitive impairment disorder. All right, and the answer is dysgraphia, mm. with the dis meaning bad and the suffix graphia meaning writing or recording. That makes total sense. Yeah. I think I saw that in an episode of House at one point in time, and it was probably there somewhere. <laughs> All right, question number eight in 90s Nickelodeon. With its filming from 1989 to 1991 and its episodes rerunning well into the 90s, the Nickelodeon sitcom Hey Dude was a comedy set on a dude ranch in Arizona and featured the character of Melody Hansen, who was played by this actress, whom in the year 2001 would become more famous for her role in Zoolander, as well as for marrying the director of that same film in the year 2000. We can lock locked in. Yeah. Ooh, double lock. I mean, Come on. Hey, dude, right? Hey, dude. Are we, doing, are we, are we going to say it at the same time? Sure. All right. Christine, Christine Taylor. Taylor. Yeah. yeah. Oh, almost in almost sequence. <laughs> you are absolutely correct. Christine Taylor. We had no prompting, so we were trying not to give too much away in case the other one was wrong. Great uh, <laughs> great performances, Marsha Brady in the Brady Bunch movie. Oh, Dodgeball. And, oh, Dodgeball, yeah. yeah. In question nine in Ride, Sally Ride. This midsize SUV shares its name with the United States mountain town, known for its ski resorts and annual Labor Day film festival. Additionally, Consumer Reports gave the 2022 model a whopping 97 points out of a possible 100. You will be awarded five points if you can name the correct autom automobile manufacturer and five points if you can name the correct automobile model. Ken and I are locked in. He and I actually co-owned an Arby's here once. <laughs> oh. Um, what are you thinking, Matt? That is a real deep cut if you get that one. I think that this is uh this is the Chevy Tahoe, isn't it? Oh, Lake Tahoe? Is that in uh I guess so. Okay, so Lake Tahoe Chevy Tahoe. Um sure. I think so. I can't I can't think of a I can't think of another uh SUV or midsize. I have a bunch of them. Like, uh, I don't think there's one called the Aspen. Um, Chrysler made an Aspen SUV. 
did they? I guess Tahoe is okay. I, I was thinking of something else, but I. I what I'm what right. were you thinking? Why don't you say it out loud? I can picture all the SUVs. I just can't think of all the names uh, well, that's right not now. Helpful. Like the like the um, Avalanche, the Chevy Avalanche, but that that doesn't exist anymore. The so. Rav Four. Have you been to Lake Rav Four? No, I, I like it's Lake. Lovely this time of year. I like Lake Tahoe. So let's just go to Chevy uh, Tahoe. Yeah, they do a lot of this. Um, Chevy has like a package that's called High Mountain. There's, for whatever reason, they like ap- appealing to this type of thing. I believe the question, though, is referring to Kia's uh, newest, largest mm. offering, the Telluride. Yep, film festival. And that is correct. Kia Telluride. I, I, I totally missed the film festival angle there, Matt, because, yeah, definitely Telluride Film Festival. That was my You bad. missed the film festival angle? <laughs> yeah. It's like the second ritziest community after Jackson Hole, and I'm like, okay, Kia, pump your brakes. I, I discount any <laughs> film festivals I cannot get into, so I probably forgot it. So. All right, question number 10 in the category, It Takes Three to Tango. The song All for Love off of the 1993 soundtrack for the film The Three Musketeers was sung by three male pop megastars, all of whom are from outside of the United States. For five points each, a total possible 15 points, name each artist. We can lock in over here. So I, really? I danced to this song uh, when I was a young Yesterday. child. And it was very oh. formative for me. <laughs> so we can lock in. Uh, I don't know at all. I've not seen the movie. I don't know the song. Uh, Phil Collins, not American. Not American. Phil, all right, so Phil Collins. And his maybe his maybe his buddy um, Peter Gabriel. Sure, we'll do Peter Gabriel, even though they, I don't think they get along. But that's all right. They came together <laughs> for love, and then uh, let's throw in a uh, a Mick Jagger on the on the hard chorus. <laughs> um, a Motley well, Crew, I guess. Um, Wait, did you say who did you say it was? Uh, Mick Jagger, Phil Collins, Peter Gabriel, and Mick Jagger. Okay, um, eh, not really close, but. <laughs> Um, so we, uh, we went with, uh, three individuals. Um, one of them has been famous for a very, very long, long time, uh, named Sting. And then, uh, <laughs> and then I Ro- love that that joke is coming back. I never left. Oh, uh, it's never left. Um, uh, Rod Stewart. And then we went with, uh, the Canadian, I believe Brian Adams. He is Canadian. Yeah. Neil, you are correct. You got all three. Yes. I can remember dancing to that in the gymnasium at... Uh, at the grammar school. Very nice. Years. Yes. <laughs> so at the end of the first round, I believe that uh, means Spoonman uh, is picking up 20 more points, bringing their total to 50 and uh, kissing Mr. Spatula uh, also with 50. So it's been an even game here, uh, 50 to 50 going into the second round. Uh, Jeff, right before we started recording, uh, we had a nice conversation uh, about uh, Patreon and how much our Patreon supporters mean to us, including uh, Sarah and Laura, and uh, just thought you might like to take a moment to talk about our quest to, to reach 500 and, and how helpful they've been to us over the last uh, couple of years. Uh, honestly, we really couldn't do it without our patrons. If you're interested in supporting the show monetarily, you can do so for as little as $1 a month which I don't know what that is a day, but it's not too much. So uh, we'd be honored if you could uh, support us uh, in that way. But in exchange for a lot of the uh, support levels, there are great perks, including our bonus episodes and many other things. So if uh, you want to check that out, do it at patreon.com slash trivialitypodcast. We'd be so grateful. What do we have in store today for the swing round? For today's swing round, we will be dealing with all things New England. This round will be New England-centric, but not twary if you're not from this area. This round will be a blend of pop culture and general trivia celebrating all things New England. For those of you not New England, we just want to clarify that we consider the New England states to be Maine, Vermont, New Hampshire, Massachusetts, Connecticut, and Rhode Island. So for question number one. Not just a town for Julia Roberts to serve pizza in, this seaport in southern New England is also home to a world-famous aquarium that Newsweek cites as the sixth biggest aquarium in the U.S. and USA Today ranks as the fourth best aquarium in the U.S. I'm looking for the city and state. Number two. 
sharing its name with the middle name of the United States president born in the year 1767, this city in Massachusetts is directly south of Boston and has the unique ability to factually claim that it is the city that is home to the country's first Dunkin' Donuts. Question three. Although what was to become this state had at first fought for the American cause in the Revolutionary War, it remained separate from the United States for 14 years, meaning it had its own currency, postal service, and constitution until it became the 14th state in 1791. Question number four. Designated a National Historic Landmark in the year 1994, this named mansion was built by Cornelius Vanderbilt II between the years of 1893 and 1895. Today, visitors can visit this mansion in historic Newport, Rhode Island. Although Keanu Reeves, Patrick Swayze, and Lori Petty will not be there, even though its name sort of suggests otherwise. In question five. Even though he is on vacation, the character of Dr. Leo Marvin cannot seem to truly get away. After he writes a prescription for his psychiatry patient to take a vacation from his problems, this same patient and his goldfish gill follow Dr. Marvin to New Hampshire's Lake Winnipesaukee in what movie? Number six. Are you ready to scale that main mountain? If extreme rock climbing isn't your thing, you can always hop in your Escalade and drive to the top of this mountain. Found in Acadia National Park, since this mountain boasts the highest point on the eastern seaboard, you are sure to have great views once you reach the top. Question 7. Although he did not grow up on Mulberry Street, this writer did grow up in Springfield, Massachusetts, where today you can visit his amazing museum, that features exhibits called Young Ted in Springfield and Readingville. Number eight. Oscar winner Rami Malek is the voice star of the fictional scripted podcast called Blackout. Although a fictional podcast, season one takes place in a real New Hampshire town that most likely speaks English, not German, like the town's name might suggest. Name that New Hampshire town. Question nine. Whether or not you will find parsley, sage, rosemary, or thyme at a fair in this coastal city in Maine is beyond me. Maybe you should head south of Portland and ask Simon and Garfunkel. And number 10. Featured in the historical children's novel Beyond the Bright Sea by Lauren Wolk, Penikes Island off the coast of Massachusetts was once the real-life home of a leper colony. Leprosy is a very rare infectious disease that has been deeply stigmatized in many cultures. This disease goes by another name, honoring the Norwegian scientist that discovered the microbacterium leprae under the microscope in 1873. What is the other name for leprosy, which is named for this pioneering scientist? All right, we have the questions. We'll be right back with the answers. Save big money now on new siding from LP Smart Side at Menards. Update and beautify your home with your choice of 13 timeless colors of pre-finished engineered siding. It's durable and includes a Sherwin-Williams factory finish paint warranty that means no painting for years to come. View our entire selection of siding from LP Smart Side today. And don't forget to check out our flyer on Menards.com for all the great deals happening now. Save big money at Menards. Hey there, I'm Dylan Lewis, one of the hosts of Motley Fool Money. Each weekday on Motley Fool Money, we talk through the business news you need to know and the stories moving stocks on Wall Street. On weekends, we dive into the industries shaping tomorrow and host the experts, authors, and executives that understand them. Tune in for insights, a long-term perspective on investing, and of course, stock ideas, plenty of them. To quote a listener, it pays to listen. Check us out and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. Okay, all of these swing round answers are now locked in. Let's throw it back to Lara and Sarah for the questions. So for number one, we're looking for the seaport town known for its aquarium and Julia Roberts pizza. 
I'm guessing this is a Mystic Pizza reference, and we don't know what town, so we just said Mystic. Yeah, um, a very young Matt Damon called us and said uh, it's Mystic Connecticut. That's what we locked in with. You're right, Mystic Connecticut. All right, number two, you were looking for a city south of Boston where the first Dunkin' Donuts was, and it shared its name with the middle name of a U.S. president. We went ahead and guessed uh, Quincy. We know John Quincy Adams was born in Massachusetts, so that's what we said. We didn't. We didn't. We didn't even know that. We just thought that Quincy was a middle name that sounded like a town, so we said Quincy. You're both correct, Quincy, Massachusetts. For question three, the main clue here was it's the 14th state, and we're looking for that New England state. Um. I can't do the impression, but maybe Neil can. Uh, we said Vermont. Oh, I should have known. Uh, yeah, well, we uh, we just thought what state seems like it would have had its own currency and not cared about anyone else. And not to say that anyone from here is bad or anything, but we said Maine. But <laughs> we apparently were it, it was, was Vermont. The main clue was what we were hoping it was, but it wasn't. What was the answer oh, on yeah, that one? Vermont, you have it right. We're, we're happy <laughs> you have it right. It's Vermont. <laughs> All right, question four. You were looking for the name of the mansion built by Cornelius Vanderbilt in Newport, Rhode Island. We heard a clue in there about Point Break, and we couldn't suss it any further, so hopefully it's just called Point Break. We got the same clue, and uh, yeah, we didn't know what it was called, so we also just said uh, Point Break or Point Break Mansion. You're very close. Good job with the clue, but it is called The Breakers. Oh, okay. Oh, there's a famous hotel in Florida called The Breakers uh, in West Palm Beach. And I think... Very famous. I think hotel. Vanderbilt <laughs> had his hand in that too. We all so know about known. it. Everyone's nodding their head right now. Ah, uh, The Breakers. In the Breakers. Palm Beach. Our, our next uh, trivia, our 300th episode will be uh, recorded live at The Breakers. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what, what money? <laughs> 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 I'll reach out. I'll send an email. They, they won't care. Yeah, they'll invite us in. <laughs> Number five. You're looking for a movie title that features Dr. Marvin up on Lake Winnipesaukee. Uh, I wasn't getting all this, um, but I pieced some of it together, and I think it might be analyzed this, but I'm not sure. Mm. Matt? Yeah, we took uh, baby steps to the answer, and uh, we know what this is. What about Bob? Forgotten classic. Yep. What about Bob is the answer. Classic death therapy featured in that film. It's <laughs> hilarious for anybody who wants to see it. All right. Number six, you're looking for the name of a mountain in Maine that is the highest point on the eastern seaboard. We went with Cadillac. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, I just knew that there was a mountain called Cadillac. I don't know if it was the tallest one, but that's what we went with. You're both correct. Cadillac Mountain with the hint about the Escalade driving up to the top in the question. For number seven, we asked you to name an author who now has an amazing museum in Springfield, Massachusetts, which is where he grew up. We went with Dr. Seuss. Ah, this is the one that we, we missed here, Matt. Yeah, um, we, didn't even, we didn't even talk about this one. We did not, but uh, Maine was one of the um, possible clues for the questions and we said who's from Bangor, Maine that we know and we said Stephen Julie King. the Cat Gaffney. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> well, half of the teams will receive points. It's Dr. Seuss or Theodore Geisel, which was his name when he lived in Springfield. All right, for question number eight, uh, we're looking for the name of a town in New Hampshire uh, that is the location for a podcast called The Blackout. Well, just, we, we, we just don't know, so we said Deutschberg. Ah, the Deutschberg. The Deutschberg. <laughs> Matt? We, we, we didn't know. We went with the very German-sounding Murder Town. <laughs> <laughs> no points here. The town is Berlin. Mm. Oh, okay. That makes more sense. Yeah. It's way easier it's way than less stupid <laughs> than we said. For question nine, we asked you to name a coastal city in Maine. And if you didn't know the answer, you were supposed to ask Simon and Garfunkel. Are you going, Ken? Scarborough. Yeah, Scarborough Fair. So we said Scarborough. That's right. Scarborough is the answer. Jeff, are you the Garfunkel to my Simon or am I the Garfunkel? 
Oh, Ken, I think you know. Is I there? Don't know. I'm asking. I don't even know what that means. Lara, Sarah, is there like some sort of group that you, from our personalities from listening to the show for a long time that you would put us as? You know what I mean? Like, like he just said, who's the Garfunkel? Who's the Art? Not necessarily the Beatles, because I feel like that's. I would say we all know who the Ringo is. Who's the Oats? You guys would be like a hip, hip modern dance crew. I feel like. Oh, okay. I like that. We're all wearing like the Jabberwockies masks, so you can't tell who's who, anyways. Like, just lay, like, lay down your cardboard and just like get to it, and it would be incredible. (laughs) I like that, Matt. Because rock on, Neil, for sure. Let's rock. No, let's dig it. Let's dig it. (laughs) Let's dig in. Let's dig into this last question. How about that? All right. Number 10. You were looking for the other name for leprosy, which is inspired by the scientist who discovered the bacteria. Uh, We went with Hansen's disease, but we only kind of got halfway there, I think. Maybe. Could be right. It sounds familiar. Matt? Oh, uh, yes, named after the 90s boy band. We thought that this was Hansen's disease. Ah, that's right. I said we should go with this answer even if it's wrong so we can make Hansen jokes. It is Hansen's disease, yes. Hooray Stand for Hansen's by. disease. <laughs> He'll be watching. After the swing round, uh, it looks like uh, both teams will be picking up 30 points. The Spoonman team was going to be picking up 35. Judges? But the judges have determined that they did not say the state uh, for Mystic, uh, which was required. So they do not get the five points. Good day to you. Good day. Um, and it's going to be 80 to 80 going into the second round. Dig that. <laughs> All right. Great job, guys. We're going into round two. Question one in the category Cha-Cha Real Smooth. Cha-Cha Di Gregorio, the character that states... They call me Cha-Cha because I'm the best dancer at St. Bernadette's. Was played by actress and dancer Annette Charles in the film Grease. This film hit the movie theaters in 1978, seven years after it premiered and ran for eight months as a musical on what city's stage? As a hint, this musical would not hit Broadway and the West End for another one to two years. Oh, okay. We can lock in on this one, Matt. What's the third place you go when you want to see a, a show? Los Angeles. I don't know. I have no problem with or any. Chicago. Let's say Chicago. All right. We'll say Chicago. Um, so, uh, of course, they backed into it. So the uh, the creator of Grease um, went to Taft High School, uh, where our friend Phil uh, works. And Taft High School is the basis for Rydell High. So we said Chicago. No way. Yeah, so when I was researching this question, I was thrilled to find that out. And this was my nod of my cap to you guys. You're acting like it was like such a crazy poll, but it's like, okay, it's not New York City. No, no, yeah. You know what I mean? I think it's just because he's from here. Yeah, I think it actually. Where are we going? You know? I think it actually premiered at um, the bar Kingston Mines in Chicago. Uh, Yeah. I think that's actually where it premiered. For real? Yeah. That's crazy. I think so. Yeah. I could be wrong. We can check that, but. Well, we won't. Let's move we on. <laughs> All right. Question two in books and film. This 2012 novel written by Maria Semple revolves around an agoraphobic architect and mother who goes missing prior to a family trip to Antarctica. Kate Blanchett would go on to play the title role in the film version, which was released in 2019 and also featured Judy Greer and Lawrence Fishburne. I, I know this one, Matt, if you want to let them talk. Sure can. All right. I think this one is called um, Where'd You Go, Bernadette? But I'm not exactly sure if that wording is 100% correct, but I think that's close-ish. Well, we 100% agree with you. So we said, where'd you go, Bernadette? You are both absolutely correct. Where'd you go, Bernadette? Good job. And that's the last movie Sarah and I saw in the theater before COVID. (laughs) And oddly enough, we had just moved into this little apartment that was like across the street from a movie theater. And I love the movies. And I'm like, I'm going to go every week. I don't even care what movie is Mm -hmm. out. Like I can walk Tuesdays. They had $5 (laughs) Tuesdays. I'm like, this is going to be awesome. And then COVID hit. And did you see uh, Call of the Wilds right before? Right, right before COVID, no. The dog's no. cold in the snow. Um, the dog is CGI. <laughs> what was the last movie you saw before COVID, Ken? 
Sonic the Hedgehog. Me too, Sonic the Hedgehog. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. did we, did, were you with us? Did Maybe. we all go together? I can't remember, but I know it was Sonic for sure. Question three. In With Liberty and Justice... After the death of her wife, Thea Spire, in 2009, this widow and longtime LGBTQ activist became even more of an icon when her case of fighting a $363,000 estate tax went all the way to the United States Supreme Court, and she won. This case, the United States versus her name, in 2013, led the Supreme Court to grant same-sex married couples federal recognition for the first time in 13 states and the District of Columbia. These federal rights were later expanded to every state on June 26, 2016, after the Supreme Court's decision in Oberfell v. Hodges was declared. Name this hero and icon. Well, I wrote Ogrefell, so we're out. <laughs> yeah, we're tapping. You're tapping. Um, this is going to sound really stupid, Matt. It's the name of a of a tie, um, of a knot that people use. Windsor. You... Windsor. That's it. Windsor. And we just stuck with Ogrefell? I'm happy to say the answer is Windsor. Her name is Edie Windsor or Edith Windsor. Nice. And she helps people tie the knot. That's perfect. Oh, there <laughs> she you go. Helps yeah. tie the knot. I will remember her, it that way. It's yeah. perfect to remember it. <laughs> and actually, Sarah and I got married on June 26th, 2021, which was um, a great way to commemorate. Very nice. Um, a day that all LGBT people had the opportunity to get married. Yay. Well, Yay. And c- congratulations uh, on your recent one-year anniversary. Thank, Thank you. you. All right, question four in, does his tour go to Maine? At the time of recording this podcast, Elton John is currently touring the world, performing his farewell concert series. After starting the tour in 2018 and then facing a major delay because of COVID, his fans could have passed the time by reading his autobiography, which was released in 2019 and has this short and sweet title, perfect for an autobiography. I have a guess, Matt. I don't know it though. I should know this, but I'll wait. I can wait for them to lock in if you want. Right, well, okay. we're locked. You're locked. Um, I'm just assuming. Maybe it's just like I'm Elton. No, I think it's um, it's the same title as a wonderful Taylor Swift track called "Me." Oh, just me. Yeah. Okay. Me. We can lock in with that. We too put me. You guys are all correct. It is "Me" by Elton John. Oh, okay. That's pretty silly. He saved money on the type font in the front of the book, I think. It's really big, though. Helps him buy more pairs of glasses. (laughs) More glasses and track suits. (laughs) We were lucky enough to see him on his farewell tour, and he is still incredible. I've always wanted to see him live. I heard it's a great show. It was was great, yeah. We were very lucky. We can go to his return tour after his farewell tour. Exactly. In question five, in the category of health, with more than 600,000 survivors of endometrial cancer living in the United States today, endometrial cancer is a condition that mainly affects the inner lining of what organ? Uh, Matt, I believe it's the uterus. I believe that. That's what we said as well. Your beliefs are correct. That is the uterus. Because I knew what endometriosis was. Mm-hmm. That helps. After uh, the first five questions in the second round, kissing Mr. Spatula, picking up uh, 50 more points, bringing their total to 130, and narrowly behind them with 120 points, picking up 40 in those first five. Spoonman. Falling behind again? Just by one. We'll get it back. All right. Maybe right here. Question six in what's her name again? Known for her appearance in The Wizard of Oz, the character of the Wicked Witch of the West is one of the most iconic figures in all of literature and film. This character is also known in the book and stage play Wicked, where she goes by what first name? Reluctant. See, I thought this was going to be a question about the actress who then appeared on what became a banned episode of Sesame Street as her... Adele Dazeem? No. (laughs) 
<laughs> so we're locked in. You're locked in. Um, so um, I always get made fun of. I, well, not made fun of, but just shocked, I suppose, that I've never seen Wicked. I've actually never heard the score either because I wanted to save save myself for it, but it's already been, whatever, 20 years. Like almost 20 years, yeah. Um, but uh, Matt, I believe this is Alphaba. Is that right? That is correct, yeah. Okay. We too said Alphaba. Points all around. It is Alphaba. And uh, in Laura's research, she discovered that that name came from uh, Frank L. Baum, the author of The Wizard of Oz. His initials, when you say them, it's LFB, and it sounds sort of like Alphaba. Hmm. Oh, interesting. Huh. Look at these great facts you're pulling here on the side. Yeah. <laughs> all this flavor, all this flavor text. Yeah, the librarian had to get all of the little <laughs> nuggets of facts. Question seven, in peace, love, and granola. In August 1969, Woodstock turned into a free concert when there was no physical way to hold back more than a half a million people from converging on the lands that were being used for the arts and music festival. What essentially could have turned into a humanitarian crisis was helped immensely by the fact that Wavy Gravy and his friends from this commune collective were on the scene distributing healthy granola to the masses as well as taking care of any attendant that was having a bad trip from the ungroovy brown acid. Name this helpful communal collective. You know this one, Jeff? Oh, I have no idea. You're a Wavy Gravy right, We're just going to say Gravy's Babies. <laughs> <laughs> We've all been there. Jeff, I have a very personal question for you. Have you ever accepted granola from a commune? I have not. Okay. Uh, <laughs> it's always been my hope. Matt, I, I have absolutely, I've never even heard of Wavy Gravy. I know who played at Woodstock, but I, and I was not on a, a bad trip there, so I, I don't know. What do you think? You've been on bad trips before, but I mean, yeah. traveling. Yeah, no, traveling. Milwaukee. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, most of the Midwest. Um, you can take the boy out of Illinois, but you can't take the Illinois out of the boy. Illinois boy. I, I have no idea here. Um, who had a commune? Charles Manson? Was he there? <laughs> I mean, that would be a great story. That would be the crazy. It actually, it's, out granola. <laughs> it's entirely possible. Um, it, it wasn't the commune. The, who are the people with the track suits and the Nikes? Or they drank stuff, though, right? That wasn't a commune, though. They that drank was the Kool Aid. They drank the Kool Aid, right? That's where that comes yeah, from. We don't need to talk about Jim Jones. Jim Jones. Jim that's, Jones. Yeah. I, I have no idea, Matt. Um, I don't know. Yeah, we don't know. Yeah. Charlie Manson and his yeah, sure. time guys and gals. Wavy Gravy oh. and the Charlie Manson band. I don't know. <laughs> uh, we said Gravy's babies. All right. Um, no murderers that I know of. The answer <laughs> of the communal collective is just called the hog farm. Oh, okay. The hog farm. Never heard of it. Yeah. Let's they also played offensive line for the Redskins in the eighties, I believe. <laughs> the jokes for like three people. Yeah. Not me. Nobody in the room. <laughs> not me though. Right. Not I got, me. I got that one. I got All it. All right. <laughs> All right. Question eight in little boy blue. Partnering yearly with the Boston Globe in order to give coveted awards for excellence in children's literature in the categories of fiction and poetry, nonfiction, and picture book, this review journal that is housed at Simmons University shares its name with the 16th century children's books that were comprised of a wooden paddle with an alphabet and a verse glued to the surface that were used to help teach children how to read. Name this review journal. I was also taught how to read with a wooden paddle, but I don't. Do you want to? Do you want to know how to read right now? <laughs> um, <laughs> I can't get a good one. There you go. Is that the panel? Yeah, that was the paddle. Okay, um, these are it's such well-worded questions, by the way, because there's so many clues in here. I just wish I was smart enough to know them. Okay, you'll get there. The Newberry Awards are for children's books, and I don't know if that's the same thing, but I do know at least that's. A something that gives out rewards to children's books. I like that. Yeah, the Newberry Medal or whatever. Yeah, it could be a medal. <laughs> we could try Newberry. Ribbon, it's but... not Newberry sounds East Coast too. I like yeah, it. Let's do that. Okay. I thought of Newberry, but I couldn't quite slot it in um to the to the like to fit the question. So we just went with nursery books. We don't know. You are on the right track with Little Boy Blue blowing his horn. It is called the Horn Book. Mm. Oh, oh, the Horn Book. Okay. 
Right? It has been in print for almost 100 years. I'll get around to reading it. <laughs> <laughs> Question nine. In Like a Bridge Over Troubled Water. Connecting the districts of San Polo and San Marco in beautiful Venice, Italy, this famous bridge is the oldest of the bridges that span the Grand Canal in Venice. Until the 1850s, this bridge also served as the only fixed structure crossing the Grand Canal. Pedestrian crossings at other locations had to be completed by riding on gondolas. I've got nothing. Let's just say Cappuccino Bridge. <laughs> uh, it's the cap. It's like the Dave Matthews Instant in Chicago, but instead it's Cappuccino poured on no, you. No, no, no. <laughs> I didn't say anything. People can Google if they want. I didn't say anything dirty. Don't um, <laughs> Matt, um, anything on this? The biggest bridge. It's making me think of Vegas um, and the hotels there because they. They, you know, you go through that little town. So you want to say the Tropicana Bridge? What are you? What are you no, what's there? the what's the other one? I know this is wrong, but what's the the Aria? Whole... No, 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 <laughs> the one where you actually there's gondolas everywhere. The MGM. Uh, yeah, the Venetian. Venetian. Thank you. It's the Venetian. That's what I was trying to think of. Yes. Okay. Is there a bridge in the Venetian? There's many bridges in there's a Venice. Lot. <laughs> Just what the question's about. No, in the in the casino. I, yes. I don't know. Yes, there's bridges. There's lots of bridges. There's Jeff Bridges mm-hmm. and other ones. Uh, mm-hmm. Let's just, I have no idea, Matt. It's Phoebe I'm, Waller Bridge. We'll say it's the um, Antonioni Bridge. Okay. <laughs> okay. We don't have a good answer. Were you thinking of the Palazzo, maybe? Oh, that's what I was thinking of, the Palazzo. Anyways, we said yeah. the Cappuccino Bridge. Don't shake your head at me unless you want to pose an answer. I don't have a good one. All right, Cappuccino. <laughs> All right. The answer is the Rialto Bridge. Oh, Rialto. It makes me think of all those theaters in the Rialto Square now. Mm-hmm. All right. Last question in the round, number 10, in Name That Baby. According to the official website of the Social Security Administration, this first name has climbed in the ranks from the spot of 889th most popular girl's name in the year 2003 to the 11th most popular girl's name in the year 2021. If I had to guess, I would thank the Harry Potter series for shedding light on this now highly popular name. All right, we're going to lock in here. So how many kids named Bellatrix do you know, Matt? Uh, more than I know named Hermione, so I don't think that's right either. Yeah, Hermione. What's, uh, what's Ron's sister's name? I, it's completely escaping me right now. Ron's sister? Yeah, that, that Harry ends up with. Um uh, I was thinking. I don't know. I mean, it could be it could be Emma if people are naming it. Um, oh, Emma Watson. Emma Watson. That's smart. Yeah, that could be. Or even Luna Lovegood. Luna is kind of an interesting name, but I don't know how many top ten people are naming their kid Luna. I just think that if you're gonna name your kid after Harry Potter characters, you're not gonna pick like the thirtieth build. Voldemort. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Voldemort. I mean, beautiful girl's name. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Voldemort, yeah, like you, you said, if it's going to be an actual Voldemort. character name, it's going to be Hermione, um, Ron's sister, who I cannot think of right now, Cho, maybe maybe Cho, or... I, I, I don't I'm think kind of so. meaning Emma. Emma? I like Emma. It, that makes sense to me, because I don't think there's a lot of Hermione's, so... It's the, a good guess. the name you were thinking of is Ginny. Ginny, thank you. We're, we're just going with Hermione. We don't want to overthink it. Yes. You, uh, you did... Uh touch on it but didn't land on it it is luna from luna lovegood um and there was a little clue about shedding light mm. on the name see this is what happens on triviality i, I bring up a, a clue here matt just crushes me by saying no one cares about the 30th build character but it was the right answer matt yeah because she was the 27th build <laughs> great character though um all right so it looks like uh team Spoonman only picked up 10 points in that second half there so their ending score here for regulations how many be... did you pick up in the second half 130 mm-hmm. we picked up only one as well yeah that's what i thought so it watch, seem your, like... watch your <laughs> mouth <laughs> <laughs> wow. so 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 it looks like uh the final scores here uh, in regulation are 130 for Spoonman, 140 for kissing mr spatula very high points already. Um, so the final round is called Sounds Like a Letter. The category of each question is a single letter. And in this round, the questions will contain clues about a topic that sounds like the category letter. Okay, we'll Your have cat- to hear it. <laughs> yeah. Okay. 
Your categories are L, G, B, T, and Q. So for an example, I could, my, you know, tiny brain could not be computing this correctly, but uh, if the first uh, category was L, the answer could be Bell? No. <laughs> no, we're talking about maybe like the Chicago L. I see. Okay. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. So it's, it like sounds like the letter, but it's. Oh, not. I get it. Like okay. the yeah. third category is about beads. Bees or beads? <laughs> All right. <laughs> yeah. Jeff, ha Jeff has Not the, the idea. Bees. Looks like the wagers are now locked in. Uh, Mr. Spatula is uh, staying put and not wagering anything, and we're doing 25s all the way down. So hopefully we just get more right than wrong. Excellent. In the category L, both Elle Fanning and her sister, actress Dakota Fanning, have film credits for acting in this 2001 film, where toddler Elle had a short appearance on screen when she played a younger version of Dakota's character. If you don't remember the movie, you, you may recall its soundtrack that is composed of Beatles covers by artists like Ben Harper, The Wallflowers, and Eddie Vedder. Name the movie. In the category G. The 2009 film G-Force is an American spy adventure comedy produced by Walt Disney Pictures. This movie follows a team that is trying to stop a computer virus from taking over the world and is comprised of the characters Darwin, Blaster, and Juarez. What kind of animal are these three characters? In the category B. According to SpellingBee.com, the official website of the Scripps National Spelling Bee, since what year have children across America participated in classroom, school, and regional spelling bees with the hopes of making it to the Scripps National Spelling Bee. As a hint, this is the same year that Benito Mussolini declared himself the dictator of Italy, The Great Gatsby by F. Scott Fitzgerald is published, teacher John Scope is arrested in Tennessee for teaching evolution, and the Pittsburgh Pirates win the 22nd World Series. Full points will be given if you can name the year within two years. In the category T, if you care for a great cup of tea, high tea time between 3 and 5 p.m. can be found at the Crown and Anchor restaurant at the Princess and Beach Club on this British Overseas Territory. This territory, found in the western North Atlantic Ocean, has a capital where it just might be a great spot to unwind and listen to Lin-Manuel Miranda lay down some sick government rhymes. In the final category, Q. Within sports that use Q-sticks, also known as Q-sports, there are three major subdivisions, pool, snooker, and this billiards game that has cue sticks that are typically smaller and lighter than the sticks used in what Americans call pool. This game also features three standard playing balls and is played on a pocketless table, typically 10 feet in length. Name the style of billiards. All right, those are the questions. We'll be right back with the answers. I'm Jane Perlez longtime foreign correspondent and former Beijing bureau chief for The New York Times. I've been a foreign correspondent in lots of places, Somalia, Indonesia, Pakistan, but nowhere as important to the world as China. I mean, China is not dropping anti-democratic paratroopers into Montana. But of course, we did see things like the weather balloon slash spy balloon riveting the whole country for a week. This is Face Off an eight-part series in which we'll take you behind the scenes to key moments in the tumultuous U.S.-China relationship. We'll speak with a diplomat, a spy, a tech reporter, a U.S. admiral, even Yo-Yo Ma. Plus, my pal and noted China historian Rana Mitter joins the conversation. We'll look at what's driving the two nations apart and explore whether anything can help bring them back together. Face-Off launches April 9th. Want to learn how you can make smarter decisions with your money? Well, I've got the podcast for you. I'm Sean Piles, and I host NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. On our show, we help listeners like you make the most of your finances. 
I sit down with NerdWallet's team of nerds, personal finance experts in credit cards, banking, investing, and more. We answer your real-world money questions and break down the latest personal finance news. The nerds will give you the clarity you need by cutting through the clutter and misinformation in today's world of personal finance. We don't promote get-rich-quick schemes or hype unrealistic side hustles. Instead, we offer practical knowledge that you can apply in your everyday life. You'll learn about strategies to help you build your wealth, invest wisely, shop for financial products, and plan for major life events. And you'll walk away with the confidence you need to ensure that your money is always working as hard as you are. So turn to the nerds to answer your real-world money questions and get insights that can help you make the smartest financial decisions for your life. Listen to NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast wherever you get your podcasts. The answers have been decided. Uh, Let's have the questions one more time and we'll see who comes out on top. So in the category L, you're looking to name a movie that had L fanning and Dakota fanning from 2001 that featured a soundtrack made of Beatle cover songs. Uh, The Beatle covers worry me with our answer, but the movie I was thinking of was Man on Fire. Okay. Um, I don't think Beatles covers would fit into that movie, though. Probably not. Um, This one we went, I remember it was a sort of a big movie somewhat at the time. Uh, I think I've only seen it on video once, but we said Across the Universe. So Across the Universe is an awesome guest, um, but that came out a few years later. This movie is I Am Sam. Oh, Sean Penn. That's right. All right. In the category G, you are looking for another film, 2009 film called G-Force, which featured the characters Darwin, Blaster, and Juarez, who were what animal? Uh, We weren't sure on this one. Um, Trying to think of a G animal that would make sense, and we couldn't really come up with a good answer. So we just said turtles because I like turtles. I like that you so said Darwin. I like that you said turtles. I was going to say because Darwin, that's a great, great guess. Well, Matt, technically tortoises, or, but we we figured that the children's movie wouldn't make the distinction. That's correct. I think. Uh, yeah, these this is an animal that lots of kids have as pets. I think. I think they're pretty popular. I'm pretty sure this is guinea pigs. Absolutely, they are guinea pigs. So this puts us in a position where we have to answer all the, all of the rest of the questions correctly in order to win. Not looking good. We're, we just missed we'll the last see. two. We felt pretty confident on these three. So, In the category B, you're looking to name a year that was the start of the Scripps National Spelling Bee. Other things that happened was Benito Mussolini declared himself the dictator of Italy. The Great Gatsby was published. The 22nd World Series occurred. And if you get the year within two points, I mean, within two years, you get full points. Mm-hmm. So I kind of remember um, Scripps is coming up on about its 100th anniversary pretty soon here. And uh, we said 1925. Yeah, uh, we had talked about it over and over again. Um, I felt pretty strongly that Gatsby was around 25. That was really my only way into this question. And uh, we also said 25. For full points, you both are correct. Right on the nose, 1925. All right. In the category T, we are looking for a British territory, and the capital might be a place you want to listen to Lin-Manuel Miranda's music. Uh, We said Bermuda. Matthew? Uh, Yes. uh, Not Bahamas, as the Beach Boys would suggest. uh, Bermuda, I guess. Bermuda. Yes, Bermuda is correct. The capital is Hamilton. In the final category Q, you're looking to name a Q sport that is played on a pocketless table, typically 10 feet in length, that only has three playing balls. Name the style of billiards. All right, it all comes down to this on an answer that I've never heard of, but Jeff felt okay about. Yeah, I think my dad has a pair of these cues. Uh, We said carom. Yeah, we, uh, Neil said that he remembered it being a C letter, and I said, I think I know that. Uh, we said carom. Full points to both teams. You got it right. Carom Billiards. Excellent job. Well, despite outperforming us in the final round, uh, Mr. Spatula did not bet, so they end their uh, game with 140. And we will be, be today's cream of the crop with 155 surpassing them in the final round. Good job, Jeff. Good we job, We are Ken. the cream of the crop. I am the cream. And the Spoonman. That was a very close game going into the end there. 
Yes. <laughs> Thank you for confirming. Um, I'll tell you what, this correct. game was really great. I was really oh, digging that's... it. Thank you. We worked hard on it, and we are thrilled we got to play with you guys. It was such an awesome time. Thank you so much for playing with us. Yeah, great job, guys. Uh, we had a great time playing. Um, uh, thanks again for writing these questions. Uh, any last words that you'd like to say? Um, I just want to say support your local library. It's basically a free bookstore. You can reserve everything online and just pick it up if you don't want to go in and browse. And chances are you'll meet some cool librarians when you go in. And I used to say they got movies too to get people through the door, but no, you know, Netflix and stuff. So, yeah, but you can get video games. You get video games. You, now. Can, you can get video games at the library. Okay. Yeah. You can get, get yeah. CDs. You can get CDs. Anything your heart desires. Yeah, and then you could just put it into your personal computer and burn it to a another CD or put it on your iPod. They are have you, a fully right? stocked bar. Are you are you telling me <laughs> are you telling me you could walk into a library and use the wonderful spaces that are there to study or do homework or or pirate music. for free? Yeah. For free. <laughs> Definitely don't pirate don't, music. Don't pirate the music. That was just a joke. Yeah, don't listen to Ken there. But no, yes, please support your libraries. Uh, and if you are um, in uh, the East Coast area near uh, Massachusetts. What's the name of the library where the Swayze book is at? West Bridgewater Public Library is where the Swayze book is. It's within the sales network. You can request it. You can request it even if you're outside of the network because libraries are amazing and magical. Wonderful. Well, thank you for doing that. And I hope people are checking it out. If they are, I hope they enjoy it and, you know, and it's colorful and they like it. Well, it definitely had checkouts. Oh, so. good. I enjoyed it. That makes me feel better. Well, great yeah. game uh, to you guys. Um, you'll be dressing up for Halloween as whatever we decide. So yes. get, get ready. And uh, that'll be it for today's show. Awesome. Well, uh, thank you so much to Lara and Sarah uh, for uh, just putting this game together for us and uh, just spending the time to email and, and uh, just be great people. So thank you for that. And uh, for Jeff, Ken, Matt, uh, and myself, Neil, that was Triviality. I just, I just had a flashback to another episode where I mentioned that I like the new Kia logo looking like the Nine Inch Nails because I remember seeing closer, but about the Kia vehicle. <laughs> so I apologize for my redundancy, uh, people. <laughs>